dropping the hammer. No, you're not. And welcome to the latest episode of Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I'm Dan McFadden, recording on Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. And with me, as almost always, is my good friend, John LaFollette. And really, John, there's, 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 there's nothing to talk about uh, today, really. I mean, there, there's, there was a race on Sunday. Chase, Chase Elliott won at his home track. There's, there's just nothing to talk about, right? All's quiet in NASCAR. You know, um, I might have picked a really bad time. In fact, the worst possible time, some might say, uh, to tell you this. Um, but I've decided that I am no longer going to uh, be uh, coming out of the, the dropping the hammer with Danny McFadden. Oh, I am, I'm instead taking my talents to a, another NASCAR podcast. <laughs> um, not, well, not like right now, but like two years from now. 16 months exactly, right? Yeah, 16 months exactly. But I know that, you know, I just, I know it's a long time from now and it, things oh. might be a little awkward. Things might be a little awkward I, between us. Breakups are always a little awkward, right? So well, like, I, I didn't know about this. I'm shocked. Shocked. Um, yeah, you know, I know things have been going well between us on the podcast. We really got, you know, a rapport going here. I know that, you know, we got over the, over the, over the, all the, uh, the awkward conversations of, of having a microphone in front of our face over Zoom. Um, I know we were in a really good spot, but I just, I got to do what I got to do. You, I, I, but it's not for 16 months. So I hope we can still work together uh, through the rest of this season well, and the I'm, entirety I, I, of I just, next season. I just, I just, I appreciate all the, the, the great content we've put together <laughs> and we're going to focus on a podcast championship in 2022 and 2023. And, but the timing of this news just couldn't come at a worse moment. Um <laughs> Oh, wait, 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 wait. This just, this just in. Oh, wait. Uh, apparently, uh, this just crossed the wire uh, <laughs> this morning at exactly 12, 10, 12, 11 p.m. Eastern time. You said this morning, uh, then you said PM. So which is it? It was it was morning for me. Uh, okay. It was morning for me <laughs> at eleven ten a.m. Eastern time. Just act, just unbelievable news. Tyler Reddick, the newest NASCAR Cup Series winner, nine days after winning his first race with Richard Childress Racing, announced in a in a surprise maneuver in a Teams digital, it's weird saying Teams and not Zoom. So to all you people out there who use Teams instead of Zoom, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> in, and, in, the, in the courtroom that I work in, we have Zoom and WebEx, but no Teams. But anyway, 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 no surprise Teams press conference. Oh, wait, no, the, the, the press conference wasn't the surprise. What happened during it was the surprise. Yes. Uh, and a surprise in a press conference put on by Toyota in 2311 that was announced yesterday on Monday 
and was just presented as, oh, here's a midseason status report press conference for Toyota 2311 racing. Ten minutes into this press conference, guess who pops in unexpectedly uh, into the the waiting room or whatever? Christopher Walken. No. (laughs) It was Christopher Walken. No, it was Tyler Reddick. And here's the thing, John. Tyler Reddick was already scheduled for like an actual a Zoom press conference at 1.30 this afternoon as a to preview Pocono Raceway, which is next weekend. So there, there was this like two minute, this this brief, like, wait, why, why, how did how in the world did Tyler Reddick wind up in this team's press conference <laughs> two hours early? And it was this, it was they played it off as a mistake at, in the moment, but very quickly. Tyler Reddick did, did a Chris Collinsworth like slide around the corner and into yeah. the, the frame where Danny Hamlin was sitting at, behind a, a, a table with in the TV behind him with the 2311 logo and it like everything like very quickly like snapped into place like oh my god and in in that moment Danny Hamlin announced it Tyler Reddick 26 year old Tyler Reddick with one Cup Series win to his name, two Xfinity Series titles, would will be joining uh 2311 racing in 2024, not next year, not 2023, 2024. Um, and this does not happen very often. No. Um there's like it, you know, there was the instance with uh Clint Boyer where where it was announced where he was going to be going to H. Scott Motorsports for a year, and then the next year we'll be going to Stuart Haas. And then there was the time with uh, Casey Kane, uh, where he went from uh, Everham Motorsports to Red Bull for a year, and then was going to wind up with Hendrick Motorsports. So it's... I think, didn't Kevin Harvick also race a whole... He announced he was leaving Richard Childress uh, like a whole year before, before, him, before he went to Stuart Haas. Something like that. I, I would need to look that up. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay. entirely sure. Uh, but yeah, um, the, the guy who we all kind of assumed would be this bedrock building block for Richard Childress racing, uh, isn't going to be there after next year. Um, so yeah, this was a shock to, to everyone, including Richard Childress racing. They did not find out about this until this morning, Mm -hmm. uh, like in the middle of this press conference, Richard Chills Racing puts out a statement saying basically what I was aping earlier, saying uh, we're, we're still going to be looking, seeking championships in 2022 and 2023. We, we really appreciate what Reddick's done, but this, this news uh, could have come at a worse time. <laughs> Um, like what does that mean was like richard childress like taking a dump like was he like on the like what okay come on man um, like, like, what is like what does that mean no i'm serious like, bro, like this is nine days after they won this, this this is like nine days after yes all this work we've been doing uh for the last three years finally came to fruition we could finally really start you know planning for the future and it comes when it comes to like sponsor deals and stuff the, right i, I certainly that understand stuff like yours i mean for sure jo- tasteless poop jokes aside yes i i understand i understand where they're coming from um certainly uh you know these you know nascar is not necessarily like you know nfl or the nba where you know 
you know, free, there's not like a cycle of necessarily a big cycle of free agents every year. A lot of these, you know, these agreements, because of the nature of the, of the business with sponsorships and everything, you know, these are oftentimes months and months and in, 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 in the works. Um, and like you said, it seemed like they they weren't at the top of the mountain, obviously, because it was just one cup when it's his first cup when it's a notable thing. But like everyone assumed. Okay, that's why this was such big like, news. Everyone assumed that this was the beginning of something else at yeah. RCR. It, like, as, a, as a, I wrote a column this afternoon, which you can find at frenchtrench.com. Uh, um, it's like, this was the most, his win at Road America was the most convincing Richard Childress Racing Cup victory since t- Harvick's last year in 2013. Reddick just went out and win it. There wasn't any last second pit stop tragedy, last lap crash fuel mileage it was right. just a straight up win um and like in <laughs> like i spent april and may of this year reporting for a story for speed sport magazine about the resurgence of richard Childress racing and how reddick was a key part of this that story published this month <laughs> um just in, just in, just in time for reddick's win it's like how about that for timing? Nine days later. Yeah. I just, I really wonder, and I know that you texted me earlier, you're saying that you spoke with someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who works for Richard Childress, and I don't want you to reveal a source or anything, but yeah. like, did you get any sort of inclination about just, it sounded like they were all blindsided too. Like they literally had yeah. no idea that Denny Hamlin was just, you know, snipping under the dinner table here. Well, Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin said in the press conference today that they've had been having these conversations for basically a year. It's, you know, it started off very casually, not, not like, like, Hey, like, like he said, it actually kind of started with Reddick reaching out to to 2311 or him i don't know like right after they started the team and saying i like what you're doing um it looks like you guys are really pushing the limit blah 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 and you know it just i guess it's slowly just snowballed and hamlin went and got permission from toyota it's like hey can i go pursue him and they wholeheartedly like yes oh Um, yeah for sure and um, and then I, I, I tried to find out like when everything was signed, like when was this a done deal? Because like, was it before Road America after Road America? Because like, if you're like in the middle of this victory celebration in Road America, Wisconsin for a team that feels like they fi- they're finally coming back to relevance. And maybe if, if you know, even in that moment that, okay, yeah, I'm not going to be here all that much longer like that that kind of that changes the just the optics of it in hindsight anyway in, in hindsight right. um so I, I and i couldn't i never figured it out and um it, so it th- this year started with kyle larson at daytona speed weeks like warning everyone that tyler, tyler rex is going to be the guy who has the breakout year he said he, he reminds me of me like, it, it, you know, early on in my career, I was like, okay, if the defending cup champion is, you know, saying this about Reddick, we all need to be probably paying attention. And it arguably, he should have won Auto Club, was mm-hmm. two two corners away from winning um, at Bristol, Bristol Dirt. Dirt. And if uh, there's not like a, 
I believe if there wasn't like a late caution at Darlington, uh, the pitch strategy had was going in Reddick's favor to where he would have assumed the lead and probably could have won Darlington, but he finished second in. So we could have we could be talking about four Reddick wins at this point. Um, but you could be, you could have that same conversation about Ross Chastain. You could have five wins right yeah. now. So it, you're getting into hypotheticals and all that. Um, but he, he's he's having a great, good, good year. Like, I mean, before World America, we were talking about, oh, man, he, he's tailed off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but even but when you take you take the broader picture, it's like, damn, uh, he, he, he's really flipped a switch. Um, so, yeah. Is, I mean, is there anything because like say that this is like the NBA, say that Tyler Reddick plays for the Lakers. And like he still has a year on his contract, but then the Knicks still pursue him to sign a contract that expires, you know, a contract that takes effect after his contract with the Lakers expires. Like that's tampering. And in the NBA, you can't do that. Is there any sort of like, could Richard Childress, I'm, I'm asking a genuine question, like, because I, yeah. I, I, I legitimately don't know. Is there any sort of procedure by which Richard Childress could like go to NASCAR and complain or try to get something done about this because look i'm all no, for drivers no, i'm, I'm okay, all for okay. driver i'm all for driver movement i'm all for drivers going to where they want to go i'm all i'm all for driver power yeah but at the same time you know he is under contract to drive for this team yeah. so so well for like first off nascar drivers are you know independent contractors um for that part <laughs> yes um yes. B- back in on july 2nd the day before reddick's went at road america we're, we're, we're in the garage. We're doing the, the qualifying media bullpen and uh, a reporter from NASCAR.com just kind of like, and it just innocently brings up, Hey, you know, ask Tyler, Hey, are, are, are you, are you set in stone for 23, 2023 and all that? It's like, I don't think she, she knew. I, I didn't know at the time, but early, early this year, Richard Children said, yeah, we're going to pick up his option. So it, it was, that was already in place, but I, I didn't know it at the time, and I don't think she knew it at the time. So when Reddick, Reddick answered, yeah, I, that's all taken care of. I'm going to be with our, our CR in 2023. He's like, oh, okay. So it, it, in that moment, it was news to me. Um, and then Bob Pockris, um followed that up and said, uh, have you started talking to anyone about 2024? And I went back, I was videoing this at the time. And so I went back earlier today and watched this video and Bob Pockers, he has barely finished answering or asking the question and <laughs> Reddick gets a smile. Like, just like, and then, then, then he stops smiling, but it's very, it's, it's very brief. He smiles while Bob's asking this question. It's like, and so in hindsight, it's like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and, and I, I, I and this also, you know, we'll find this out later and I'm sure that there's been internal dialogues at 2311 about this, obviously, but you know, the immediate thing that everyone was asking, including me, as soon as you, te- I was at work when I, te- when you texted me this, cause I hadn't mm-hmm. seen it yet. Um, now my immediate response was what is it? A three car team or is Kurt Busch they out do, the door? They don't know yet. They okay. like ha- Hamlin and uh, 2311's president, Steve Lalletta both said like, all we know right now is that we have Tyler Roddick in 2024 and beyond. Like we don't know how many cars we're fielding that year. We don't know what the sponsors are, and their their arguments like that's part of why we're doing this so early, 
is that we can figure that out later. Yeah, yeah. We, we and this, like, you, you now have 16 months to get sponsors, to attract sponsors, uh, saying, hey, we got this top flight prospect uh, who we really like. Um, and uh, honestly, like, even personally, I can't think outside of Kyle Larson um, in the last few years, I can't think of a driver in the cup series uh, who has generated this much hype around him just about what the potential he has. Right. Cause when Larson came in, everyone was like, next big thing, next big thing. Also the same thing with Chase Elliott. Uh, it also took them four years each to, to win a cup race. Like yeah. Reddick, Reddick, like they, Elliott and Larson each won in their 99th start. Reddick won in start 92. And which is, when you think about it, there's been lots of, you know, when's Reddick going to win? When's Reddick going to win? And when, like I said, you, you take this wider view, okay, he's now just marginally ahead of where Larson and uh, Elliot were. And th they're now the last two cup champions. So, um, so he, he, he has a lot going for him right now even mm -hmm. though even even though in his, when he won his first Xfinity title in um 18 with uh junior motorsports he only won two races that year the first one <laughs> in daytona and the finale at right Homestead. um so even after that year people were like is he that great um and then he went on a tear with rcr the next year um you know and this isn't just a win for 2311. It's also just a win for Toyota because, yeah. you know, the, they've got Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch, who, as good as they are and as competitive as they still remain, you know, they're at the back end of their career. And even, even um, uh, I know that uh, oh, Bush, Martin is Truex, Bush, is, Bush is only 36? Yeah, but 30, I mean, like, 30, you know. That's, well, well, that's, well, Truex is in his 40s. Um, True. And I know Kurt Busch is older as well, but like, I'm just saying like, he, he has, yeah, uh, Kyle Busch has less races to run than he has more races that he's already won. You know what I mean? He's definitely on the back end of his career. Mm -hmm. Now, not only with Tyler Reddick, but also with Ty Gibbs, like you've got two very good prospects. I mean, I know definitely Tyler Reddick is also, is obviously ahead of Ty Gibbs just because of yeah. age and whatnot, but I'm just saying like, those are two drivers that Toyota can bank on. For a considerable amount of time mm. um and can really fill in the gaps for you know some of the older drivers that they have who are you know leaving or saying oh. or soon to be leaving so but you also gotta think toyota has a history of losing drivers like yes losing prospects um daniel suarez Dan yeah daniel suarez uh <laughs> eric jones uh kyle larson i believe was a toyota driver way back when um Bubble Bubble Wallace was a Toyota driver, then he wasn't, now he's back. Um, so like this is a this is a coup uh for for Toyota. Um so and I, I mean I, I was thinking about it earlier. I I, I think I've already, <laughs> I've already talked about it. Like I like he like I said, he only has one cup win. And I can't think of there ever being a silly season move involving a driver who's done less right. than Reddick has 
and it being such a big deal um than 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 what today was because this was a big deal i can can you think of no i don't know i honestly can't i mean i think this is probably the biggest at least for me this is probably the biggest driver announcement probably since Earnhardt jr announced he was leaving dei i I took that into consideration it's like all right take dale jr off the table yeah that's Um. yeah that's something that's that's a whole other stratosphere i mean i think just the the I mean, Bubba Wallace leaving Richard Petty to go to a new team. Well, and what may, I mean, may, that was... may, like maybe Kyle Busch going from Hendrick to Gibbs. Right. That yeah. might be it. He only yeah. had four or five wins at that point in the Cup Series. Um, so that's probably the mo- the closest. Really, I, w- I would love to talk to someone who's been doing this longer than I have. So yeah, for sure. No, I mean, there's nothing aside from that. There's nothing really else that comes off the top of my head i mean the thing that made bubba wallace's move so was just the fact that not only he was moving but who he was going to because yeah. it was the whole splash of michael jordan's now going to be a nascar team owner so that was also part and parcel and of he, it but oh well, and he was literally the most recognizable nascar driver at the yes. in the moment after yes. that summer so yes, that is true um but no just like if <laughs> i know that you know ESPN always does the trade value columns for the NFL and the NBA. Like if you could like hypothetically trade drivers amongst teams, like Tyler Reddick has to be like the number one guy, right? Just given his age and his potential, like versatility, he would, he, versatility he's good everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like he would have to be like the number one trade value target. Would he not? Oh, well, I think I'm you can actually, think of, of I, I think it, I actually think it's a toss up. I like, among among drivers who aren't already champions, um, I think it's a toss up between Reddick and Chastain at this point. That's true, yeah. But you know, Reddick's not pissing off half the field. <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's just pissing off his owner. So, um, but we can get to Chastain. Oh, I, like I did like, later, yeah, but. like well, you brought it up, but I didn't really mention. But yeah, like in the middle, like toward towards the end of the press conference, I reached out to an RCR uh, executive asking. I, I was trying to get them on the phone, like. Do you, do you want to discuss this? And I'll, the, the the response I got was, Daniel, we were shocked to hear the news today. And then they just kind of sent me the actual statement again that was posted on social media. So I I so, really wonder what was going on behind oh, well, the scenes well, well, there. Well, well Reddick kind of he said this shouldn't have been a total shock to the team because when we were talking about the future and when like the options ended he, he said we told them we weren't sure if we were going to come back after those options so he, from from it from what he said rcr should was should have been aware that they were right. out poking around i, just, I, I wonder so, if i wonder i wonder if i wonder if rcr just expected they would get the first bite at the apple given that he was already in house with them I mean, like, 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 look, I, and I told you this over the phone when we were texting, like RCR's response is incredibly petty to put that out. You are a cup level series team. One of the most, one of the more prestigious teams because you had Dale Earnhardt and the number three, you got the iconography with your team. And like, I, you have every right to be upset. Cause I, cause if I was in their shoes, I would be upset too. And it's, it's totally reasonable. 
But to immediately put out a press release like that, that seems so knee-jerk and so petty, it seems beneath what supposedly their status is supposed to be, right? Like that seems like a Bush League move. You can be, in, internally, you can be as pissed off and as upset as you want to be. But, you know, if I'm a young driver and I see the way they reacted to that, maybe I have second guesses about maybe wanting to race for them, especially given the perception that Austin Dillon's the golden boy there just because he's Richard Childress's granddad. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, so it's not, it's for, not his fault. It's, it's not his fault, but like that's still the perception. It's a well, fair perception. When I think about it, that response doesn't feel all that surprising because teams are reflective of the, the person's name and the title. That's true. Roger Penske would never have that kind of statement. Joe Gibbs no. would never have that kind of statement. No. Rick, like Hendrick, either... Rick Hendrick would never have that. But no. But Richard Childress? Richard Childress? The guy who uh, told someone, hold my watch when I, after I, I'm going to go beat someone up? Uh, that, like that being a, Kevin Harvick, his former driver, or even current driver at the time. I, I, I don't know. Like that's Rich, that, that's Richard Childress. He's, he's a blue collar guy. He's he like he, he's incredibly wealthy now. All right, incredibly wealthy. yes, yes. But like, he's not he's not Joe Gibbs. He's not Roger Penske. He's not like he he's a down in the he was a down in the dirt guy. He was a just scrapping to get by racer back in the sixties, seventies, and then Rich then Delhart came along and just changed his life. Yes. Um, so that's that that guy still exists. Um, despite the vineyards and all all that, um, so, so just just go take one of those edibles you profess to love so much, man. Just mellow out a little bit; it'll be okay. Just so, go find another. Just go find another Xfinity driver. But he 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 is a more rough and tumble guy for sure. Than pretty much any uh, pretty much any other Cup Series uh, owner, really. Yeah, that yeah, you're probably um, right. So so that last line of that statement sounds petty um but it 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 also feels honest so and um that's fair uh and hey i i appreciate that <laughs> so 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 many times the statement's like oh we 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 we're so glad we worked with him we wish him wish him his best but hey you know what this time uh you know <laughs> what does your like right now in the moment what does your gut instinct tell you he's going to replace the number eight who's going to replace I mean, well, I mean you know at least i mean yeah it stinks but like at least they have 16 months to figure something out yeah. here it's, well no no graxon, graxon posted a tweet at some point in the aftermath of all this it was that was simply just an emoji a smiling emoji um and mm-hmm. right i mean right now like uh graxon who is sponsored by bass pro Bass Pro is a yes. sponsor at Richard Childress. Yes. Uh, Gre- Gregson drives part-time for Collie Racing in the Cup Series. Collie Racing has a partnership with RCR. So. Yes. Yeah, that seems the most logical because, like, there's nothing. There's not going to be a vacancy at Hendrick anytime soon, it looks like. So, mm-hmm. um, that, that, yeah. That, that, that's going to be the lineup for the decade. Yeah, for 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 a good for a decent amount of time. So, um, yeah, that's the, the, that's what, the only, my, that's the what only, my gut tells the me. Only, the only weak link is probably Bowman, really. Um, but I, I think he's going to be there for a while. So yeah, yeah, that's what my gut tells me too. Um, 
And I, I think Gregson winds up being in the number eight next year. And, and well, not next year, excuse but, me, 2024. But, you but, know Co- I mean. but colleague racing, they're, they're having to debate whether they're going to have two full-time drivers next year rather than just one and another car that's split up among the three, three different drivers. So ne- next year, Gregson could theoretically be the second full-time driver for colleague and cup. And then year after that, go over to the eight. Um, and I, I don't know. Part of me would like to see Almondinger get a full-time cup ride. He's done with that. Yeah, it seems. He's, yeah, it seems like if it was ever going to happen, it already would have happened. It, it so. would have been this this year. He would have been. But he mm-hmm. he 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 would much rather. Well, think about it. Colleague, the colleague cup cars, outside of the road courses, were, were yeah. They really haven't been Almondinger. They haven't been. They haven't. You're not. We're not talking about them. Right. So, yeah. Um. So he he's he. It's been established that he he's very happy being in a competitive car in at in the Xfinity series and going out and kicking butt. Yeah, he's yeah. currently. Yeah. Cur- I believe he's currently leading the points. Um, I think he is. Yeah. So that sounds right. Um. I like. I totally get it. Like. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather oh, go yeah. out. I'd rather go out and have fun each week, lead the points rather than what's happening on the cup side right yeah. now. Happiness is where you find it. And speaking of happiness, uh, we saw Chase Elliott smile after winning a race. He does that, have like, emotions. Almost, he does he, have emotions. I, I know, but like, like I'm a Chase Elliott fan, but like he just can be such a blank slate sometimes, even after he wins. In some of these interviews, it seems like he's just already bored of being there. So um, it was cool to see him, you know, winning at his home track um, and seeing all the fans there. Hey, uh, hey, like, John, did you know that Chase Elliott is from Dawsonville, Georgia. <laughs> Dude, so this blew my mind. This absolutely blew my mind. Please tell me that you saw this or you were not aware of this. So Rutledge Wood is in Dawsonville at the yep. pool hall. Yes. Which, which then, I mean, let, me, let me check my notes real quick. The, the, the whole NBC City View thing. Dawsonville, Georgia is not Hampton, Georgia. <laughs> it is not Atlanta, Georgia. It's Dawsonville, Georgia. Which is yes, like an hour north of Hampton, Georgia, where Atlanta Motor Speedway is located. But you've got you've got Rutledge Wood at the pool hall in Dawsonville, and after you know, there's I'm, you know fans know that whenever an Elliott wins the race, the siren starts siren. blaring. How many E's is that? Three, four? How many siren? It's a, it's America. As many E's as you want, brother. Um, but <laughs> hail letters are fluid, so is gender. As many E's as you want. Um, that's my progressive redneck. Um, no, so so after Chase Elliott wins, they cut back to Rutledge Wood at the pool hall, and they're getting ready to start the siren. And to get the siren started, a guy hooks a jumper cable to a battery in his I, car. I missed that. I I, I literally <laughs> fast forwarded through it. Like, the so, siren the siren is powered by a car battery a running car I think, battery i think i think there was a malfunction and they okay. had to do it that time okay i hope it's a malfunction but like part of me wants that to be a thing that happens like how perfect is that in this tiny little town in georgia and i'm not, and I'm not shitting on little towns like i grew up like i went to high school in a small town it's a bigger town now because everyone's moved out to the suburbs but like i'm not dumping on small towns but like i just think it's perfect for like, <laughs> like in my mind now, whenever Chase Light wins a race, I'm just gonna think about this like 2002 like Toyota Corolla with a with a jumper cable hooked up to its battery, and some guy named Earl is just like <laughs> you know standing on the gas, 
while the siren blares and everyone's just like going nuts for Chase Elliott. It, it was, I laughed so hard. I watched that at my parents' house. I didn't learn about that until, I, I don't think I learned about that until today. I was like, it's what? So, so good. It, go back and watch it. It's hilarious. Oh, I, I couldn't stop laughing about it. It made me so happy. But yes, I, I, was, I, I, I was just, I, I, I just, like, see, I think it was during pre race and it was like the first hit that Rutledge did there. It's like just standing in this diner or whatever saying this is so exciting and it's just a room full of middle-aged people just <laughs> calmly sitting watching Rutledge and one like teenager going yeah like <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see Corey LaJoy's post-race interview yeah so I think they, so. they they kept cutting back to the to the pool hall and <laughs> there was this little old lady sitting there and I guess she must go there every week or something. Corey LaJoy knew about her and referenced her on the broadcast. Maybe he saw a replay or something, but like maybe this woman is just known within the NASCAR circle or someone who's, or just drivers who have been to that pool hall with Chase Elliott. I don't know. Either way, Corey LaJoy knew about this little old lady. And so when they're talking to Corey LaJoy about, you know, watching Chase Elliott come in first place after what happened on that last lap, which we can talk about here soon. <laughs> Corey LaJoy immediately was like, yeah, that old lady at that pool hall was cheering too hard. It was just, <laughs> just like, how does he know? Like, I want to know how Corey LaJoy knew that, about that old lady. Like, is, is he, like it just, that just the whole confluence of events of watching the car battery powered siren with Corey LaJoy talking about the old woman that he obviously had, couldn't see from the broadcast because he's racing the actual race. It just blew my mind. It was so, it was almost like I was in a time warp. I was like, this isn't reality. It's just a simulation. Um, plus with Chase Elliott smiling and acting like he enjoyed himself after something good happened to him. It was weird. It was really weird. Um, but yes, uh, Corey LaJoy, Chase Elliott, everyone made a to do about that last lap incident. Uh, how'd you see it? Fair, it's, the last, it's, it's, it's the last lap. I mean, LaJoy has to make the move. Uh, Elliot has Chase to has, make, his, yeah. make his Like, it's the win. It's his home yeah. track. LaJoy wants his first win. Everyone was in the right. Um, it, yeah, it's just a racing it's just, thing. It's just, I, I, I would rather LaJoy have been able to get side by side with him at least. So yeah, same, um, same. I would have liked that too. I didn't, I never want to see a race and under, and under caution. It's no fun. I would have liked to have seen a yeah. last, a last lap, you know, uh, side by side run down to the, to the start finish line to the checkered flag. But that track is so, the, I know that Atlanta's set up like a super speed right now, but it's still just a mile and a half trial. Yeah. And that track is so short. It's not Daytona. It's not Talladega. When you got your run, very you got to take it. Yeah, it's very narrow. So when you got your run, you got to take it. Um, and if you're Chase Elliott, if you're in the lead, you got to make your blocks. And if he doesn't go up and block, he's getting he's getting passed. And he, that track is so short, he probably doesn't have a chance to, to chase him down again. So, and I know, look, you've got Chase Elliott, who's the golden boy. And you've got Corey LaJoy, who hasn't won a race yet. And he's popular with, with, with fans. And I get it. And there, there, there's a certain contingency of, of NASCAR fans who are always going to think that Chase Elliott gets special preference because of who he is, where he comes from. And, 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 and I've said it on this, I think, in, within the last two weeks. If NASCAR rigged anything, Dale Earnhardt Jr. would be a 10-time champion. Yeah, and Dan, <laughs> Danica Patrick would want to raise. The Wallace yeah. would make the playoffs every year. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But um, so, Also, you just can't rig super speedways. No, no, you How, cannot. There, there, there was like a 13 car, like uh, multiple, multiple crashes 
yesterday. Yes, and, and, and including Austin, include, yeah, including Austin Dillon's really hard hit. I was really yeah. worried about him for a second. And they didn't show him getting out of the car. They just cut back to his car, and the net was down, and he was out. But like, they didn't show him getting out, and that's I got more and more nervous as that went on. But that was an incredibly hard. Yeah, it was. Hit. Like, and they never showed it one o'clock speed. angle. They passenger side first. showed it at full speed, which is this whole thing that both Fox and NBC Sports do. They pretty much almost only use slow motion replays. After mm-hmm. there's a wreck, you very rarely see a full speed replay, mm-hmm. and it's it ticks me off. It's like, I remember, yeah, even in, even in real time, because like he hits the wall like right by the camera. Even in real time, when it happened, you know, I, I let I, like, I was watching the race with my with my mom and dad. And we all were just like, oh, because like we just like, when you see that kind of hit, it's always yeah. scary. Even with the safer barrier in this new car, so I was glad to see that happen. But also like. How about the durability of this car? Like Joey yeah. Logano was sideways, back tires off the ground. Yeah, and he, he was airborne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he and he had a great finish. Um, he, he he was legally airborne. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, and lots of heavy contact for a lot of cars, and they more or less just went in and got some tires, and went back out and kept racing. Like, imagine how much money teams would have lost if this was still the old car. And think about it. This That's... is the second Atlanta race this year where mm-hmm. Ross Chastain has been in an accident and finished yes. second yes like he was technically in two accidents yes he, he he was in the accident where Trix was in front of him and Trix got loose and got in got into him multi-car wreck and then the whole Jimmy Hamlin saga continues <laughs> with 14 laps to go <laughs> um and he still finished second for his 10th top 10 of the year yeah um which yeah, like there's bear bond on top on both sides of Chastain's hood, and he's still competing. He's still fast. It's it's astounding. And speaking uh, of bear bond, you know that was part of the he, he blamed the bear bond and some of the the loss of aerodynamics on his car for yeah. getting loose and getting into Hamlin. And as much as I like Ross Chastain, and as much as I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like this, especially with Denny Hamlin, like this isn't your well, first he, rodeo. He, he, and... he was tr- he was trying to slow him down via side draft, and there's yeah. not a side draft of this car. That's no, there's that not. Drivers have said there's no side draft, and went around. And so, you want like I said again, you want to get in the benefit of the doubt, but at this point, he's pissed off. It feels like half the field. It feels like every week he's making a new enemy. And well, and Austin, thought, Austin, Austin Dillon said in his post race interview, it's like. But fell was it fell victim to Ross Chastain once again? Yep. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Oh, and boy. I just I I thought of a new idea for a NASCAR like parody of a game. You know how like there's like uh NASCAR Monopoly or like Disney Monopoly. How about NASCAR Clue? Where Ross Chastain has been taken out and you have to figure out who did it. Like was was it was it Denny Hamlin? Was it Denny Hamlin with a crowbar in in uh the pit stall? Was it Austin Dillon with uh, an air gun in the hauler? It was Martin Truex Jr. with a watermelon. <laughs> it was one, It was one, Martin Truex Jr. with a watermelon. Where? Where at? Oh, probably in, probably in, in, in the Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> in the Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> takes out Mark Ross Chastain with the watermelon. At like the Bass Pro Shop, like the big well, one inside the you, pyramid. You heard, did you see there was where a spotter said, "It's like I better not run into him at the food line." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tweeted, "Fight Club at the food line." That's, that, that's, 
I'm just gonna that's just gonna be like my go-to now for any time someone does anything like remotely like like, like just even like a like a minor inconvenience like someone like I don't know, like I'm, I'm at the grocery store and someone like like cuts me off or something like like it's 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 something that's like just like mundane I'm just like I hope I don't see them at the food line <laughs> I'm, guess, I'm guessing you've, I'm guessing you've never been to a food line John I mean what are we talking are we talking about like bread say what are we talking like what kind of food line are we talking about here just a restaurant that's not a restaurant is it a food food line is a grocery store it is a southeast oh, grocery store chain okay 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 yes no there's no food lines that i'm aware of okay. at least at least in it, indiana no, it, no, it, is, it, is, it is primarily a southeastern okay chain that, yeah I'm not, i thought we were talking about like 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 a line like at the, at the concessions or something okay so hope i don't see like the grocery store later this week food line. basically what he was, okay yeah. okay food okay line. it's like it's like food line food city Food yeah. lion, food lion, L I O N. Like the animal. I thought you were saying food lion, and I just had images of like depression era bread lines. It's like why would he like why would Ross Chastain be in a bread line? Like if anything, it'd be like a watermelon line. And second of all, like he's got lots of money. He's a Cup Series driver. Why would he? Like I know inflation sucks and the economy's not great, but like Ross Chastain's doing fine. <laughs> food lion, yes, yes, that makes way more sense. Yep. The, the, the title of this episode will be. What is a food line? What is a yeah? I'm from Indiana, folks. We have we have Kroger, so um, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Um, is there anything? We we spent like three minutes talking about a food line, and you didn't know what we were talking. No, no, I didn't. I thought you were saying food line, and I was like, I was like, we like what are food line? Yes, I'm sorry. Anyways, um. I have, I have a question, Daniel. Okay. So here's what I'm, I'm going to list some drivers and you tell me uh, what they all have in common. Okay. Aside from being playoff drivers, they're all playoff drivers. So aside from that, what do they have in common? Uh, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez, Kurt Busch, Chase Briscoe, Kyle Busch, Alex Bowman, Austin Sindrick. What do all those drivers have in common? One win? Yes. But aside from their wins and their their, their playoff uh, appearances guaranteed, so we, we, we assume for now, given the way the, the standings are, what do they have in common? All those drivers, I just listed all these drivers. They, they are all only separated by one playoff point. Okay. All those drivers. Uh, three of them have six, and the rest of them all have seven. So... Mm. So look, if I am, just to throw some names out, if I am Austin Centric or Chase Briscoe or Daniel Suarez, and I've already got my playoff spot guaranteed, at least for now, and I know I'm not going to win the regular season championship, should I start approaching races? Not necessarily stage, to, stage wins. You go for stage to, wins. Just go for stage wins. Yeah. That seems, I know... I know that drivers are competitive and you it's way more valuable to win races, but with things being this close and things being this competitive, why not just make the rest of your regular season, these last, you know, seven races or however many we have left, why not just make those just a way to just gorge up on, on stage wins, get some points and just mm-hmm. go out there and try to go a different way. And if, thing, and if things go your way, if you get a caution that breaks your way and you can still go out and win a race later in the race, that works too. But it just, why not? You got you have, you have nothing else to lose. Well, outside of Cindric, 
because you, you know he's good at Daytona and he's good on the road courses. So he's got Watkins Glen and the Indianapolis road course coming up. So that's yeah. Those are three races he has a shot to, to actually just straight up win. Um, so outside of Cindric, like so, who are the other ones? I just named Cindric, um, and then uh, Briscoe and Suarez. Just as three also, drivers. You also, you also mentioned Larson. Lar- I mean Larson. He can go for race wins. I didn't. If, um, if I said so, Larson, I didn't mean to say Larson. I misspoke. Obviously, Larson go out there and get wins. Like, yeah, he's that's not. But I'm saying like Cindric, Briscoe, and Suarez in particular, like drivers who yeah. could could very well win another race. But if they're not going to win a regular season championship, so they won't get the bonus points for the playoffs that way. So why not to differentiate yourself? Just try and get as many stage wins stage wins as you can, yeah. just to give you give yourself a little cushion. Because right now you have no cushion. Yeah, you have none whatsoever. Why not? No, no. I mean, you're right. You're completely right. Though Suarez has front running speed, so um, I I think you have to take stock of the tracks you think you're good at, and so the ones you you you're not 100 percent about, you go okay. These races, let's if we're at a certain point in the race and it's not looking great, try for the stage win via pit strategy or whatever. Yeah. Um. So, but when it comes to tracks that you think you're you have a good shot at like Cendric, like I said, of road courses and speedways, go for it. Just go for the win. Just try. So, um, so, but then there's the a whole, thing. There's Will always... anyone do it? Can, can anyone we, do we, it? We, we, we agree that they should do it, but will mm-hmm. anyone actually do it? Do you think anyone will actually do this? <laughs> NASCAR is, is plagued by people being presented with situations that make sense for them but then not doing it right um so like i agree with you like don't go out there like like look if you have a front-running car go for the win but like if you just like sucked in qualifying you're, yeah. you were you, t- yeah. you were bad in practice you just do not have the fast car that week just throw something different yeah like just get yourself a point that's still a win because you're giving yourself a cushion and it, like i know it's just one point but right now the difference between one point is 13th in the playoff standings versus 6th like, like that's huge yeah and all it takes is one bad race to screw you in the playoffs it's good it, like two two races from now is pocono and P- pocono is this huge huge track huge two and a half miles um which pit strategy comes into play because you can pit and not lose your spot mm-hmm. um or too many spots um so that that will be one of those races where you have to like way what you're going to do when it comes to stages um and you, you, i mean you saw that at, at uh road america yeah uh uh brian blaney stayed out and got the stage two two in um and so like like that yeah pocono is going to fall into that same category um so we only got eight races left in the regular season man uh there are three spots left Mm-hmm. Uh, that aren't aren't locked in. Um, I think we're getting to sixteen. Like I think that I, I I think we will too. I really think we will too. I'm still sticking with Blaney, Truex, and Harvick to win at least one. Mm. I know, I know, I know that Stuart Haas is is not where they were a couple mm-hmm. seasons ago. And even Harvick, especially, it just what a one eighty it's been from winning nine races in one yes. season. To now, it's just he might miss the playoffs entirely. Um, I don't know what the issue is at Stewart Haas, but none of those drivers um, on a weekend we got basis have speed to be consistent. 
they'll have it one week and then the next week it seems like either they no, don't have speed be, or they do like, have speed or a pit issue. We're we're at New Hampshire this weekend. Eric Almarola just straight up beat them there. Yeah, that's last true. Last year, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm 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 I'm, sh- I'm curious how New Hampshire is going to go given the way that things went at Martinsville. I know it's size wise it's a different track, but it's still it's a flat track. Yeah. It's it's a big Martinsville. That's what it, yes. that's what it is. So I really though with I'm, with slightly less banking. Um, yeah. So. Um, I just really, I really hope we get a good race. I'm hesitant. So obviously, it, obviously, obviously, obviously yeah. I don't want a bad race. I want every race to be good. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really hesitant about this one. Well, well no, New Hampshire, forever, um, it was always, like, we, we, we talked earlier this year about, like, what are your tracks that you want the next-gen car to fix? New Hampshire, for a long time, was one of those tracks. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever memorable happened there uh and th- but the last three years uh they, they they applied the pj1 um and it turned into a raceable racy track uh and <laughs> and everyone in texas is like how did they do that <laughs> how did how did the pj1 actually worked we don't have to consider being like off the cup series schedule entirely what what's going well, you know the, I, outside sure. of, outside of bristol the pj1 worked on relatively flat tracks mm-hmm. new hampshire it improved it, it helped at pocono it, it like those were like the two non bristol tracks was like it you it actually helped that was undeniable um but whether it was just a combination of the pj1 and the car finally meeting up with the track in some manner because last year the pj1 actually wasn't really there there might have been like some remnants of it but it wasn't like heavily used and last year's race was really good mm-hmm. um you know until you know the it got dark uh so <laughs> um so yeah after three years of good racing in new hampshire and what we saw at martinsville yeah even i'm like Mm-hmm. Is, are we just going to go back to, to old New Hampshire? Um, yeah, is it, gonna, is it just going to be, you know, qualifying determines the winner, basically? Assuming something freaky doesn't happen in terms of like a, a late race caution or something? I don't, I genuinely don't know what to expect. I really don't want this to be just another Martinsville on a bigger track. I want this to be racing. Like you said, New Hampshire, I agree with you. New Hampshire was a race that I always more or less just kind of ignored, but the last couple of years it's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's like, just because like, our expectations when you have Jenny Ham- like when you have Jenny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick banging doors coming out yeah. of turn four to the checkered fly. It's like, where, yeah. where has this been? Um, like it's it. So yeah, I, I'm I'm hopeful, um, but I'm not gonna get my hopes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you have to be hopeful for a driver to win. So who's your pick? Well, I'm okay, like if we're if we're just going off of Martinsville. Um, because it's a it's a big Martinsville. I'm gonna take Austin Dillon because he had a okay. great great car at Martinsville. Uh, was running in second. I think he actually finished third, maybe. Um, okay. So upset pick. Austin Dillon, <laughs> and then just all the storylines. Reddick leaves. Dillon shows that he can. And you know, look, I. Um, so here's my thing with Austin Dillon. I wonder if. 
I have this theory that like any athlete that like starts doing like commercials or like TV stuff before. I, so here's like, okay. It's like, remember when like RG3 and Andrew Luck came out the same year? Like RG3 did all the commercials. Andrew Luck did like one Nike commercial that only ran a few times. Mm-hmm. I think Andrew Luck knew he was going to be good for a long time. <laughs> and RG3 took the money because he thought, well, I'm playing for Washington. They're bad. Um, think my career might not go as planned. Tell me, so, tell, me, tell me if you remember this. Because I remember like at peak RG3, I like remember some commercial like an ESPN commercial, I don't know, for RG3. It was like, RG3, the promise. Yeah, like, yeah, something like that, you, yeah. You, yeah. So, you, okay, so you remember that. Yes, okay. yes, I remember it's like, that. I just remember seeing them going like... But then also, like, Baker Mayfield. Like, he's had a good NFL career, I guess. But, like, he's not been, like, the number one guy that Cleveland drafted to be, obviously. So, and but he's doing progressive commercials. Like, he's taking the bag. Yeah, it was... Because... That, that was because very... Because maybe he just knows, yeah, and Hulu, yeah. Because maybe he just knows that, like, hey, maybe, like, obviously, like like, Tom Brady can do whatever he wants because he's Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes can do every commercial he wants because he's Patrick Mahomes. He's won a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning, on and on. But there's this that that there's that other tier of athlete where I wonder if they're self aware enough to know, hey, maybe I'm not good enough to be that top tier guy. So I'm just going to take this money too from these other commercial things because that's going to help. Uh, that's going to help sort of like get some more money that I would otherwise get for my professional sports career. I wonder if that's what's going on with Austin Dillon on that reality TV show. Uh, I wonder. Because like, I mean, I'm not like, like, like Austin Dillon is a, like, I know, like I said, he, he's Richard Childress's grandson and that's okay, always going to be. Okay, a, I'm, I'm going to like, I'm not an Austin Dillon fan by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, I'm not either. I'm not either. But, but he is a, he is he, a like race car driver. Like, no, like, um, like when he was in the booth for the Xfinity races, or was it a truck race? No, Xfinity race. The Xfinity race at Martinsville. He was very good. Yeah, like, no, he's a yeah, very he's... like I, I did like like I said I, I reported on a speed sports story on RCR's resurgence, and I interviewed him for like fifteen minutes in the the driver's lot at Talladega, and the like it, I was this was this was the first time I'd ever, to my knowledge, done a one on one interview with Austin Dillon. He's very analytical, very thoughtful. Yeah, very yeah, like he, he, will, he like he gives you like there's stuff going on up there. Like he, yeah, he, oh like, yeah. Um, he he, I was very impressed by him. And then the next day, after the the cup race, where where you have this like last lap craziness that happens, I think he finished third. It was a top three finish. So we, we all gather around Austin Dillon. And um, I was it me? I, I might have asked the question. I wasn't sure. But he starts off his response saying, I don't think I'll be able to tell you all that much about what happened. And then he just instantly launches into this very detailed r- recount of what happened over the two last two laps. And I'm just like going like, okay, like it, it's like like it's bam, like that, it's bam, like that, bam, like, bam. It's like that scene in Anchorman where everyone's encouraging him to play jazz flute at the bar, and he's like, oh no, I couldn't possibly do it. While he pulls out like a flute from his like from from his from a uh, his sleeve, he's like, oh no, I couldn't possibly do it. I'm not prepared. And then starts playing Aqualung. Um, no, I I'm not a I'm not an Austin Dillon fan, but like whenever he like is interviewed, like he always has something. 
thoughtful to say and he's a good personality and i do agree that when he's in the booth he's good like i remember they interviewed him last year um at the road course race here in indy because he got in an accident that big accident um you know he had some he had some pretty thoughtful things to say about what he thought about the race i mean he was not a fan of new road course configuration but like you know he he was like you said he was he was very you can tell that there's something going on. He's he's not a meathead like no. like some like some of these drivers can present themselves to be. But like, um, like the reality show that like yeah yeah and look I know that like all that stuff is like for TV. You gotta you gotta make stuff you know stuff for TV. I get it. Um, like the like, pro, it, the promos that like look he's, he's he's won three races. He's not just I mean yes he's Richard Childress's grandson, but he's he's a good driver. He's proven he can win. And like he's only we say he's only won three races like. You know, two of the three are the, are the Daytona 500 and the Coke 600. Yeah. So, like, you know, um, that's those those wins speak for themselves. So, but I, that's this. I, sorry to get off on a, a tangent about that. I just I, <laughs> like everybody, like, nobody, because like now that now that NASCAR is on NBC, like I see, we see commercials for that show every time it cuts to commercial break, and I'm just like, he's got to be anyways. Um, yeah, just just watching the promos, it, it doesn't put him in a good light i'm like i just yeah it kind of makes you yeah it just kind of makes them look a little like like one of them has him saying i just drive the race car i'm like yeah yeah it's like come on man like Like, i don't it's like yeah those those types of shows are not for like necessarily for racing oh no it's like no they're not it's for a a totally different audience which i like like the promo for the last one like austin dylan's best friend who's like on his pit crew was tasked with watching over their son Ace, and he loses him, um, or whatever in the house. And like, there's there's shots of it, like uh, of this guy like opening a closet to look. Is he in here? I was like, wait, the, the camera is in the room already. So so no. Oh, I know. The but, camera. Yeah, look, it's look, like, it's TV. It's for fun. And you know, if this is something that NASCAR thinks, if this is something that NASCAR thinks will help grow the sport or endear it to his particular segment of the of society, that's fine. I get it. Um, I don't know why we are talking. I, I promise you, I will not talk about Austin Dillon's reality show anymore on this yeah. podcast. Um, yeah. Um, so you're picking Austin Dillon. Who, man, it, it's so hard to pick because I don't really know what to expect, even if I already kind of do know what to expect. But I, you know, if you're going to pick Austin Dillon because of how he did at Martinsville, I'm just going to pick William Byron because of what he did at Martinsville. So, um, but but again, who hey, knows? Hey, Chase Elliott also had a great day that night. Yeah, yeah, so he did. It, he it did. was him and Byron. So. And and Logano had a good race too, from what I recall, if I if I remember correctly, he was at least running up at the front at the beginning of that race. But I'll just I'll pick Willie B. And, and I'll, yes, I'll call him Willie B because I know how much you hate William Byron being called <sighs> Willie B. So um, Nick, nicknames nicknames aren't what they used to be, John. No, they're not. Does anyone even have a good nickname now? <sighs> I can't. There's nothing like, I can think Kevin of. Kevin Harvick has like 20 nicknames. My um, favorite's Happy. My he will always be happy to me. I, I love that. It's so... I don't. It's like because he's not happy. Is that was that is that really it? It's like oh, he's the opposite. Well, yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. He's just always crouchy, and he just, it just I just I love <laughs> like it just also he just he looks like he's, if you Kevin Harvick looks like the perfect guy to cosplay uh, Dale from King of the Hill. Like that he looks he looks okay like, <laughs> like just that juxtaposition with that name just. Ah, oh, love it. All right, all right. So, uh, we oh we have one one comment in the chat on YouTube. Dave 
Mazzaroli. Blaney's gonna go off once he wins one, I think. So I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, if if this isn't one of those weird seasons where, you know, everyone seems to be getting a win, like 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 Oprah handing out Toyota Priuses, you know, um, he's probably solidly. I mean. It's like like uh, Jordan Bianchi said on the on the uh, the Teardown podcast. Like there is a very real, although not probable, chance that Ryan Blaney can win the regular season standings and so not make the playoffs. Which I mean, is where happen. which Pro- is where like something like the stage win that Road America comes in. So yeah, um, exactly that. And if and if you yeah, if if by chance there were seventeen winners by the time we get to Daytona. And Blaney doesn't have a win. Um, the regular season champ gets in. So no matter what. Yeah. So, so hey, I'm all for chaos. I love it. <laughs> when it comes to, to NASCAR. And today was a chaotic day. So. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, and all I right. Hope so, that- so all right, all right. It's it's time for our our new segment that might not have uh, a long shelf life, unfortunately. Um, it's time for Jeff Gluck's Good Race Poll versus Rotten Tomatoes. But we we uh, we had some uh, sad, probable news coming from Mr. Gluck <laughs> today about his Good Race Poll. Uh, let, let me see if I can find it. All right, so he said, I know a lot of you enjoyed the good race poll, but unfortunately it may have reached the end of the line. Early this year, I became aware it is possible to buy votes during a poll. So I always watch the numbers to see if there's unusual movement. Well, this week it happened. The poll never moves more than a few percentage percentage points either way after the first hour or so, but this week it suddenly plummeted 15 to 20% after the first couple hours. That can only happen with a huge influx of votes in one direction, so I don't think the results were accurate this week. I'm going to have to figure out what to do, but I can either just end the poll or find a different way to do it, like a non-Twitter poll. But I've been worried about someone trying to mess it up, and it looks like it finally happened. Uh, so the, this segment <laughs> might not have a long life. So, But as long as that good race poll exists, we're going to do this segment. So uh, the good race poll for Sunday's race at Atlanta Moore Speedway got a 67% saying, yes, it's a good race. And seeing as how it was actually a good race and Chase Elliott won. Yes, it would have been much higher. Yes. Uh, so I picked my movie movie to compare the Brian Tomato score to the good race poll. John has picked his. Uh, you want to go, go first, John? Sure. So I went with, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I, 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 I kind of shoehorned myself into going with the race theme, um, but I went with just the general, I, I didn't pick anything from Atlanta, but I did pick something that a movie that kind of is tangentially <laughs> related to um, some happier news that's going on in the world of science. Uh, the Webb telescope uh, just is um, revealing some very incredible pictures of space. Um, and so I went with a space theme. So I chose <laughs> Spaceballs. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I, there are plenty that I could have picked, but I know you're a big sci-fi guy. So obviously I couldn't pick Star Wars because like, or anything Star Wars related because you probably know those scores 
with within reason. So um, I had to go a little bit sideways here. So I went with the spoof of it. And I chose Spaceballs from 1987, directed by the uh, immortal Mel Brooks. All right, Spaceballs. Better, higher, there's, lower there's than no, 66. There's no, there's no way that's in the 60s. Higher or lower than 66%. The no way Spaceballs in the 60s. That's a classic. Uh, Spaceballs is higher. Incorrect. What? <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes uh, website, um, with 45 reviews, Spaceballs has a 56%. It has a rotten score. The fan vote is 83. Critic score is 56. I, de- I demand a recount. How <laughs> <laughs> was that Those in the 50s? Wow. Don't, sh- don't shoot the messenger. Okay, all right. So as for now, that puts me in a two-to-two tie with you. So if we never do this again because Glux poll goes the way of the dodo, and you get this next one wrong. For all for all the marbles. For all the marbles. No, if I get this one right, yeah, then I win. Or if I get it wrong, then we just stay tied. And it's it's a gentleman's it's a gentleman's handshake. So what's what's the what's the movie for all the marbles here? All right. Oh I could have my, chosen. My, my, mine's themed, but not in in any not an obvious way. I chose the 2009 football drama. The Blind Side, oh, because no. because the NASCAR world was blindsided today. <laughs> yeah, I the, see what you did by the by the Tyler Reddick going to twenty three eleven news, and we were and we were blindsided by the 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 prospect of the Good Race Poll being no more. So, John Laughlin, the <laughs> Atlanta Motor Speedway Good Race Poll versus. The Sandra Bullock football drama <laughs> about a team that was coached by Hugh Freeze. Uh, but, you know, it's just your typical sports white savior um, <laughs> sports drama. The blind side. 67% is what the Good Race poll was. What is the blind side? I think it's lower. I, I really think it's lower. You think the blind sides are lower? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go lower. Sixty-six percent. Yes! <laughs> I take the lead. Possibly forever. <laughs> Just uh, depending on what Jeff Gluck does. <laughs> the blind side, sixty-six percent. I was going to choose contact. But it's sixty-seven percent on the done. I was like, oh, I can't. That's also that's also a great movie. I was How like, was I can't that? be, I, I can't be that guy. I can't be that guy. Get oh, it's sixty-seven on the dust. So you technically don't win at all because it wasn't high or low. So okay. How is it that? Rotten Tomato scores are bizarre. How like context considered a, a modern sci-fi classic? I don't. I have I'm not confused. seen it. I have I have not seen it, so I can't speak to it. Oh, but I want to see it. You I should. It should. It. It's very. It's it's, so. it's a really good movie. It sounds it's, like it would be right up my alley. It's, it, it, it was one of those serious dramas that Matt McConaughey did before he went off on, you know, <laughs> a decade of rom-coms and Sahara. And he came back to it. He did Interstellar, so. Yeah, and also Sahara's a good movie. That's a fun, it's a fun never Indiana Jones type movie. So, 
based on the Dirk Pitt novels, which I read like a fiend (laughs) in middle school and junior high. So, Well, hopefully uh, some of the chaos that's been going on in the NASCAR world, at least in the terms of headlines, uh, will transfer to the track at New Hampshire. So hopefully we have something (laughs) exciting to talk about. Or who knows, maybe a driver, an uh, Almirola-esque driver just goes there and steals the show and we've got more playoff standings chaos to talk about. Or maybe a really smart NASCAR guy who works at one of these teams and is a strategist listens to this show and heard us talk about just, just, you know, gorging yourself up on stage points if you don't have the car to win and we get we start seeing some analytics in nascar maybe maybe we see that who knows we're just we're trying to make the world a better place here well we, we know that one team is already actually doing the whole analytics thing with rfk racing after kozlowski hired uh david smith yep uh so um and they actually they actually posted a tweet today that said here are some stats from David Smith showing where areas we've improved. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's neat. That's neat. Because cool. I, I'm curious. Like, I would love to actually talk to David. <laughs> like, what? Like, what do you do for this? Yeah, team? yeah. Like, I mean, not to, not to be too facetious. Like, I'm not like I'm just but, just for just just for jokes here. But it's like, according to this analytics, if we go faster, we can win more races. Like, <laughs> no, it's like you 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 produce all this very interesting data and stuff like how does yeah how is it applicable yeah like what do you like explain so says here if we turn if we go fast and turn left for the allotted amount of laps really fast we can win races and championships and math (laughs) hashtag analysis hashtag analysis David Smith, don't hate us. We we, we appreciate. What oh yeah, doing. no 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 no. I, that that stuff's really cool. That, 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 that is a genuine question. I'm curious about. You should get him on a podcast. I don't know if they'll they, they'll they'll even let him. So he had his, he he had his own podcast for for a couple of years. Oh, there you go. Okay, so he's already spilled his secrets. So, but anyway, uh, I think I think that'll do it for this week's edition of dropping the hammer. Which again, this today was just a weird weird day. Not just not just NASCAR. Uh, Palo, the IndyCar driver for Chip Ganassi Racing, is having his own thing Who today. Knows, Ganassi and uh, McLaren in Formula One. So weird day, weird, weird day. So, but anyway, uh, this has been dropping the hammer with Dylan McFadden. I'm Dylan McFadden. Please check out my work at Frenchrich.com, Speedsport.com. Uh, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Uh, podcast platform. Subscribe to us on youtube.com slash Fadden and just, you know, tell your friends. C- come have a good time with us once a week. Um, but yeah, this weekend, NASCAR's at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, the Magic Mile. Hopefully it'll be good. Anyway, John, where, where can they find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at John LaFollet. Also, um, if Denny Hamlin wins, He's probably going to name the lobster Ross Chastain. So, well, and that means that Denny Hamlin's afraid of Ross Chastain because he's afraid of no. lobsters. Is he afraid of lobsters? Did he say that? Look up Denny Hamlin lobster. Okay, um, we'll do. <laughs> like when he the last time he went to New Hampshire, the lobster was like presented to him, and he like. He, yeah. he, he, he ran away like he, he he like he did not want anything to do with the lobster look that up i just i just googled it 
it's not you lead <laughs> even the monster even the monster energy girls in the background they're just the, the girls and denny hamlin are just all on the same wavelength <laughs> Jenny, you know that's my favorite thing about nascar is all these drivers are so relatable so anyway yeah, we're, we're, we're so we're all afraid of watchers so lobster uh do, do you remember the, the the days john going to walmart and then just mosey on over to the the produce section then just tap in the wall of the, 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 the lobster bin do you remember those days <laughs> yeah yes and looking back now i really hate that i did that because the lobsters are probably like they're already miserable because they know they're in a tank Headed for certain doom, and some little snot nosed like kid just won't stop tapping on the glass. <laughs> if reincarnation's real, I do not want to get payback as being a lobster in a tank. It's some store somewhere where I'm just. But that's, that, but that's definitely one of those tell me how old you are without telling me how old you are. It's like, oh yeah, I remember the, the lobster bit at Walmart. Well, Ross Chastain's <laughs> going to be that lobster. Ross Chastain's going to be that lobster in the tank come playoff time with all these drivers just pissing off. So, and with that, I've, I've said my piece. All right. All right. So anyway, thank you again for listening to the Dropping the Hammer. I'm Dale McFadden, and with me was John Lafayette. We'll talk to you again next time.